All right, welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Uh, we're, we're doing this show today recorded completely off the hook. This is the first time I've spoke with Eduardo Simon, but I have to be honest with you, uh, you said some pretty, pretty cool stuff and, you know, kind of with just our general messaging back and forth and how we got connected. So uh, that's why we're rolling with this completely off the cuff today. So first of all, um, welcome to the show and give me maybe just a, a little bit of a brief background on what you do on a day-to-day basis. And then we can get into, you know, whatever the heck you want to talk about, blockchain, machine learning, big data, um, things blowing up weird. Um, I I think it was uh, some sort of Samsung weird Unix mix match thing or whatever it is. (laughs) But yeah, man, uh, so so fire away, man. What do you do on a day-to-day? Yeah, so like my day-to-day is divided into like my day job, which is, you know, from, you know, 8.30 to, to 6.30, which is, you know, I, I run IT uh, for a large apparel company. Um, and and I, have a t- <clears throat> I have a team in uh, various teams in the U.S. and, and in Central America. Um, so uh, basically just being an IT nerd and the hard part about running a department of IT nerds when you're an IT nerd yourself is you want to do everything yourself. Uh, but you end up having to just answer emails all day. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yes, yes. The the leadership piece versus, um, you know, I find I'm not even like a really a true IT nerd. Maybe just remove just remove the IT part, and I myself have a very hard time. I'm looking at, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how many tabs you have open and how many screens you have up. I can't really, you know, I, I would imagine it's more than one. Um, but I, I actually get really scared when I have to go somewhere with just my laptop and there's only one screen. Anywho, I don't know where <laughs> I'm going. A long story short, how, how big is your team and how many end users do you manage? Yeah, um, so like our number of end users is around 2,000. Uh, the team is around uh, 50 people. Um, which is divided pretty much roughly into programmers and and infrastructure uh, slash security slash networking, um, and and then I have my my night slash weekend job, which is um, I'm an angel investor, um, and and in general, just I love uh, being part of the tech venture community, um, and I, I write about it. Uh, sometimes I tweet about it, but most of the time I'm just talking to uh, entrepreneurs and learning about their businesses. Sometimes I invest in them, uh, rarely, but, uh, I always, <laughs> always, uh, I mean, I'm very, I'm I very say, uh, I dissecting popular IT nerds is looking for angel investors right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, it, it's pretty rare. Like I'm pretty obsessive and I, and I have what I look for usually doesn't exist. It's like, I'm looking for things that, that typically don't go together, but every once in a while I do find it. Um, and, but for the most part, like, I just like talking to entrepreneurs. Um, I love uh, helping however I can. I like being a node, you know, a node in the network. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a, being someone who understands enterprise IT and who does enterprise IT on a daily basis. Uh-huh. Um, it really helps, right? Because entrepreneurs are looking into how do I sell, you know, uh, how do I sell the enterprise IT, right? So I'm like, well, I can tell you, like, because people... Sell to mm. me all the time, basically mm. all day, every day. Wait, who asks you how? Oh, entrepreneurs ask you how to sell. Uh, right. Gotcha. Yeah, all right. So I'm going to ask you a question then, since we, you know, 
we really have no direction for this whatsoever, but I already like what's, what's happening. Well, we can start, uh, we, we can start with the crazy story of the Samsung device or whatever you want. Well, I, since you said you're a node on the network and you sometimes do more work than you're supposed to, and you have a pretty good um, sized team with ratio to end users, which is 40. And I would say that, I mean, would you call yourself mid-market or are you enterprise? 2000 really is an enterprise. Yeah, that's kind of still mid-market, right? We're enterprise just because in total we have 11,000 people, but uh, most of our uh, colleagues uh, are either sewing uh, using, you know, using like a brother's sewing machine, uh, sewing apparel mm-hmm. or, or using some, you know, we have very, very high end, uh, cutting equipment. So, uh, we have, uh, you know, kind of robotic, uh, cutting equipment and a lot of our employees are in charge of that or they're in charge of the, you know, parts mm. of the knitting mill. I'm assuming it's a big brother machine or is it a small brother sewing machine? Uh, it's, it's pretty it's smaller than you might imagine, but it does have big brother properties in the sense that if you leave, <laughs> it will start shouting at you and you have to come back to your seat. Uh, and I only say that because and you're on a show too. Every you and everyone in your, in your knitting module, you know, <laughs> someone gets kicked off at the end of the day. So uh, complete side note. I have four girls. I have four boys and four girls, but I have, and I was never the guy that said he would have eight kids. Believe me, I was never the guy, but, uh, I only have two, but I feel like, you know, you're, you basically cubed my, my number of kids. There's a, there's a whole philosophy around why two kids can be harder than eight kids. Just so you know, and we, we won't get into that. It's probably like a, the last six don't matter. It's you just still, you're doing everything for them. I mean, care of each other. You're doing everything for them. Like you yeah, don't have true. a, ch- like right now you could, uh, I mean, I don't know, but I don't know what your household structure is like. And, but you know, I'm assuming some kids might get their laundry done for them. They might get fed by them for themselves. You know, they might get all these things done for them. Certainly the older one wasn't changing the younger one's diapers at any time. Uh, all of right, that right. happens in my house. Uh, the top three oldest kids all change diapers, all do dishes, all wow. vacuum, all it's just, you have no choice. So in that sense, yeah it becomes, you know, with two kids, you're still like, Hey, it's, it's two kids. And they kind of get, um, they just, they just get the grade. They get the grade of everything. Um, so anyways, really cool. Well, congratulations that you can do that. I mean, uh, in my house, it's basically like, it's my turn with the iPad. No, it's not. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the PS4, but I'm using the iPad. I'm going to play it loud. So it bothers you. I mean, that's basically going back and forth all day. Yeah, you know, yeah. can I have a PS5? No, we just bought the PS4. Then like two hours later, can I have a PS5? Because yeah, I just saw so yeah. YouTube. Yeah. I just saw it on YouTube. I'm like, well, you're going to see it on YouTube for like the next uh, five years. That happened. That happened in my house back in four kids. And uh, there was a mutiny and there was fighting over, uh, I think it was, I don't know, whatever, Super Mario World at the time, whatever it was they were playing. And, you know, one was like, you pushed me off the screen and killed me. And like, there was this, this fight broke out and I was like, that's it. And that was it. And I took it out. And then a couple of years later, I got rid of the TV as well. That was an interesting one. Wow. Killing the TV off in a house of a technology person. Just imagine. Just imagine. I thought about it. I mean, I definitely thought about it. And it was a month or two of it was a month or two of um, like uh, like rehabilitation. <laughs> and let me tell you, that's a good segue into this TV story. So, Do it. So, so this would happen. I mean, we. You know, we're an SAP shop, and a lot of a lot of what we do, uh, do runs on on Unix and the IBM flavor of Unix, which is AIX. Um, and you know, uh, typically it's pretty stable, right? I mean, it's like you, you can't get more 
stable in Unix, right? It's used in hospitals. It's used by DOD. Um, we've always kind of figured we'd be okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you're not going to get a bunch of viruses or whatever like you would with Windows. Um, yeah. They're like, all right, cool. We're, we're good with Unix. And um, we run our SAP systems and, and some of you know, our warehouse management system uh, on Unix. And, and one day, um, very unexpectedly, we were like, this is so weird. Like SAP is like trying to try to like ping uh, DNS and it just can't like, it's not getting any response back. We're like, what? Like, okay, is there something wrong with like DHCP, like DNS server? Like mm-hmm. we looked at it, we we're like, no, everything's fine. Is there a firewall issue? Is there a port block? No, that's fine. We're like, okay, like let's tell the users that we have to like bump them off. Like we have to restart the system. Okay, that didn't work. And we're like, oh, well, we, we have to look at the the physical. Like, oh crap. Okay, let's go to the data center. Let's see what's going on. Like, all right. So we went went to the Colos, uh, which is about two, ten minutes away. Uh, and we're like, all right, is everything cool? It's like, yeah, everything's connected. Everything's good. Like, what about the switches? What about the network? Like, oh, you know. And then you just keep going on and on and on. And finally, we had mm-hmm. t- we had basically. How much time has passed? How much time has passed now? Maybe I would say like a good. Four hours. Now the system is not down. Um, it's just acting really weird, but it's basically mm-hmm. like, because SAP is pretty good at keeping itself up, even if weird network things are happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it, it was just not working as expected, right? Like, you know, our users tell that in and because they tell that in, it, it makes it a lot more resilient to like network issues, but people were complaining and, you know, it was down, you know, when we, when, and we brought it down, and um, it was very unexpected because you know, typically our system is is up 100% because uh, SAP is like that. I mean, it's really reliable, right? Um, so then, um, what, uh, you know, our, our team, our team is is pretty amazing, uh, and, been, and they, they've gotten used to uh, thinking very creatively as to like you know what what could be causing the problem, right? Yeah. So, so they started thinking like, you know what, like. There, you know, we, we've talked to IBM, we've talked to Oracle, you know, for the because uh, it was on an Oracle database. We've talked to SAP, we've talked to like the whoever. I think it was an IBM P server. Like we talked to everyone, Cisco for the switches. Like nobody can figure it out. They're like, hmm. is there, they're like, is there something just like really basic that's going on? Something just like they, you know, like let's get back to basics. Like what this started with with something DNS related where it just you know couldn't. It just couldn't ping lo- local hosts. Like, what the hell? You're like, how do you not ping local hosts? Like, that's just so random. Like, why would that even happen? It's like, what if local host is like messed up? And we're like, and so we were meeting. We're like, what does that even mean? Local host is messed up. We're like, that doesn't happen. Like, it's just one twenty seven one dot o dot o. Like, that's it. Never changes, man. Um, so we're like, well, maybe it does. Like, and so one guy had this idea. He was like, what if there's a device on the network? that decided to call itself local host or like, why, why, like, why would you do that? That's that, that makes no sense. That would, that would be completely disruptive. Like we would never do that. You know, we would never set up a system, uh, something that did that. So we start scanning the network, trying to look, to see like, like, is there any chance that there's something that, that could be doing this? And lo and behold, there's a TV that we haven't even installed yet. It was just, it had just been ordered. It had just arrived at the office. Uh-huh. Um, and, and it, it just, somebody just had plugged it in, right? Like we hadn't even set it up. Like it wasn't even on our network. We didn't even put it on our network. I mean, I guess maybe it's like started connecting to the guest network like or something. Like searching or something? Yeah. 
I don't know. But the point is that it was called localhost. <laughs> and we were like, what? Like, what is going on? So we're like, we turned it off and the problem was co- like done. Everything was fixed. Like huh. as soon as we turned that TV off. Right. So we were like, oh God, what do we do? Like we, like somebody ordered this TV, like they, you know, they need this TV. We obviously, we need to do something about it, but we couldn't get into like the, the settings um, that actually called it local host because it was kind of like hard coded in there. Do you think um, uh, this was done like intentionally by someone laughing at like? No. A- <laughs> I don't think sure. so. But the, uh, the story gets better because like six months later, our warehouse management system starts acting up in another kind of weird way. And it's also Unix based, it's also AIX based, and, and it starts saying cannot find DNS server. And like we just look at each other and we're like, where's that TV? Like, where is that TV? Like, as we had, we had said, like, this TV has to be sent back. Um, we, like, we were like, this TV is possessed. It must be sent back. It's, like, it's demon. So then we're like, what happened? And then uh, we start calling our different offices. And it turns out that our off- someone had sent the TV to one of our other offices. And when they received it, they didn't realize it was like a demon, you know, evil TV. And they, you know, they plugged it in and boom, same thing happened. You know, local host started like crashing everything. So and where was I this? was like, was this like in another geographic location entirely? It, it was in Arkansas, um, huh. and but you know, part of our MPLS network. So, so I was like, you know what, this is ridiculous. So I, I, I called IBM um, security, uh, AIX security team in, in Austin, and I was like, guys, like this is no good. Like, can you imagine, like if if you have like a Samsung, you know, smartwatches that are calling themselves local hosts and people are walking through hospitals and these hospitals run on AIX and they're just going to stop working. Like this is a problem. I mean, and, and plus not, not to mention like it's a, a, a easily exploitable, uh, you know, bug that could create like massive problems for all the people who run on uh, Unix. So, mm-hmm. so they were like, Oh my God, yes. Like this is crazy. We like, this is so insane. We're going to, you know, we're going to talk to Samsung about it. So um, hopefully, you know, hopefully they did something. I think they did. They were, they seemed pretty freaked out. Um, so they, I think they talked to Samsung and hopefully they took care of it, but. Well, know, we have TVs probably manufactured by the thousands. Right. I mean, who knows? Who knows how local hosts got in there, but it did. Um, so and of course I started thinking to myself, what else could you do? Like, what other crazy IoT things could you do? Like, what if I name my my uh, smartwatch uh, mail? Then what? <laughs> like, will will the will the exchange server like try to hit it? Like, you know, when it's you know when it's looking for mail, and I was like, actually, I think it will. You know, <laughs> it's like you can you can name your IoT devices things that are you know um, kind of standard within like you know. Uh, you know, it's TCP IP or within like DNS architecture. And before you know it, weird things can happen. I guess um, it's such an easily exploitable bug for enterprise IT. It started really scaring me because, um, you know, we're always thinking about security and we typically don't think about, you know, things like this because it just seems so, I mean, it's like the last thing you're going to think about is someone's going to mess with your DNS entries so that things don't work. But yeah, we're... We're a lot more. I think the uh, interesting thing is how you tracked it down. I I think the interesting thing is how you tracked it down. Like someone just like was smart enough to think that up. Like what if? Yeah, yeah. I I think what happened is like 
we went through like all the typical like scenarios, right? Like we always say like, okay, like it could be either network, database, physical, uh, application, like, you know, um, there's a hamster inside the server or we, whatever. Um, and once, once we go through all of that, then we're like, all right, some, there's something like abnormal, like there's something supernatural happening, you know, like there's a model, there's like a monolith inside the server, you know, we, we have to, you're literally reminding me of like the, the old poltergeist like, like poster where like the girls like staring at the, like the snow on the TV. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what happened. It's like, you know, in, in Japan, people pray to their server room before they before they go on vacation. And, um, you know, we... we Are you kidding of, me? Do they pray to it or do they pray for it? They pray for it. Yeah, that's like, you know, it's, it's yeah. just... It's, I, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of pictures of it. Uh, I, I haven't seen it in person, um, but I, it, I've, I've been to Japan and it seems like something that definitely would happen. Um, so... <laughs> That's that actually brings up a good point. That brings up a good point. Why? Uh, what do we do about IT guys in vacation? What's the end game? For oh you? man! I mean, you're doing stuff for fun right now. Like you're doing stuff for fun on the side. You're totally involved. You've got a job at the same time. But what? Uh, yeah, that's I mean, a that's a great question. Um, so, and it's something you know that that has kind of plagued me and and my colleagues, you know, uh, throughout our IT careers. I think the easy answer is there is no vacation for IT. Um, <laughs> That's and, terrible, man. And I That's think like, I think that uh, what you need. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean it, it's sort of like look, man, the sun's gonna explode one day. Like that, I don't know how else to put it to you, right? Um, it's gonna happen. Um, we, so yeah, that's but that's exactly the reason why you should probably go on vacation. I. What, the way that I try to see it is like, my goal is if you're in my organization, I want your vacation to be as pleasant as possible. But, but you need to understand that if something comes up and it's an emergency and you are the person that fixes it, um, it will be your responsibility, right? And that, apply, that applies to me as well. So, you know, obviously the, the best way to do that is to cross train as much as you can, um, you know, trying to cross train internally as opposed to cross-training with consultants because mm-hmm. if you cross-train with consultants, you know, what guarantee do you have that they're not going to be on vacation, right? Um, oh, they're definitely, so, they're always on vacation. I speak well, from experience. Yeah. I speak from experience. <laughs> <laughs> always on vacation they're- and always not on vacation. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like always working, always not working. It's one or the other. Um, <laughs> so you got to cross-train. I mean, it's, uh, I think that's really important. And uh, if, if there's somebody who takes vacation and everybody panics, you know that as a leader, you haven't cross-trained well enough, right? Um, and I think a lot of IT leaders think to themselves, we're like, you know what? It's fine because I'm in charge and I have a technical understanding of the way this SD-WAN network works. So if, you know, if one of the, you know, links uh, in this network goes down, like I can, I can log into like the SD-WAN uh you know, um, log in and I can figure it out and I can make sure that everything is, is going correctly. And it's like, no, that's not your job. Like if you're a team lead, if you're running a department, like your job is not to log into systems and, you know, and, you know, put in commands as much as you would love to do it. Cause that's what you did. Like, you know, for your previous life, like you need to make sure that somehow it's covered. Um, so in the end, 
like there is no real vacation for IT unless you are so good at cross training or your team is so good at cross training that in the like there's nothing that they can't do right and, um, and at which and point that's the best possible situation at, at which point we don't need you anymore thank you very much at uh, which point we don't need you so <laughs> think you can take a vacation forever yeah so if if something goes down and you're on vacation and and we don't need you then you've just proven to us that you can stay on vacation much no. <laughs> constantly engineering new ways to save and make the company money plus cross train and engineer yourself out of the system that's kind of like the yeah. four hour work week model you know he was just like constantly engineering himself out of the out of the machine even though the whole idea of it of Tim Ferriss's four hour work week is a complete lie because he definitely does not work four hours a week well, it probably took more than four hours a week to write the book, right? Yeah, I mean the whole, you know, but I get it. And it saved it saved me from having to go into an office and standing meetings from seven o'clock to eight because it, the reading that book alone was smart enough to make me go to my boss and say, look, I will produce 10% more. Just let me uh, work from home. And he's like, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, now, now with the pandemic, everybody realizes that working from home actually is harder. Right, because then it's like no commute, so you're expected to be working while you would have been commuting. Mm. Um, they killed it for all the real so, people that were smart enough to do it ahead of time. They just killed it. Um, it's kind of like you know, it was like Green Day after they, you know, they, you know, had their first big, big release. It was like they weren't cool anymore, right? Like if you knew about them, you know, before, <laughs> before like the first few big hits. Or oh, God, um, you're reminding me of you're reminding. <laughs> that was, I, I think that was like there's I things think, flashing into my head right now. Uh, uh, yeah, I think actually, I think Dookie was my first CD that I bought, um, uh, like with my own money. Um, well, so at least I, it was a CD. Now, now you're dating yeah. yourself, you know. At least it wasn't yeah. like you know, vinyl. You know? No, 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 it wasn't. Vinyl was was already. I mean, you could still get it. Um, it was still something you can go to Specs and you can go to you know get get it. But it, it CDs were. Yeah, that was the, the the most common thing. You put it into your iOS system. It had six, you know, six spinning, you know, CDs, and you know, you felt awesome because you could have six different bands that you could choose from at any time. And so I'm glad that you brought this up, okay? Because I interviewed this guy Jack uh, uh, Jack Seuss the other day, who's basically been at University of Baltimore. Um, he's gonna get mad if I say this wrong. University of Baltimore County, and he'd been there for 35 years, and like you know. His first computer, you know, in the work environment, you know, was working on, you know, was working on punch cards, right? So, and I asked him the other day, like, what was the biggest turning point in technology for him, blah, 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 blah. So it makes me want to ask you, because I asked him, you know, is there hope for millennials? Is there hope for people that um, were never around prior to the age of the internet? You know, like, I can honestly say, like there was no internet. It still blows my mind talking to the kids. Like there was no internet. Like yeah. you know, like no Google. It was like you know we used to joke. That's why I tell my kids. I'm like, imagine the world where there's no internet. It's like the beginning. It's like <laughs> beginning of a horror movie, right? It's like imagine a world where there is no internet, and they just look at me like, you mean there's no iPad? I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No cell no, phone. There, there is literally nothing to go to your iPad. They're like, so there's no. There was YouTube? the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. Remember Conan, the the librarian. Yeah, I mean, when, <laughs> when my kids realized that that the internet was transferable, that it didn't live on a device, it was like every. Yeah, I think it happened around the age of four. For you, for both of them, they were like, 
they're like, don't take away the iPad. Like, the, you know, that's where the internet is. I was like, actually, oh I'm gosh. about to blow your mind. Yeah. Like, the internet is everywhere. Like, you can see the same video on my computer. They're like, what? The internet yeah. is on your computer? So imagine now taking that away from them, saying, imagine there is no internet. Like, it doesn't even exist, right? Um, I mean, I think it was my four-year-old or whatever. I can't remember who said it last night. It completely blew my mind. Like, um, is that is there an app for that? Like, is that an app? And I was like, what? Like, the fact that you're even speaking... The, the fact, I, I can't remember what it was. The fact that you're even speaking in that like terminology, the fact that you're t- speaking in application <laughs> terminology at this age is just so. So here's the thing. Are you going to say like, is there a serverless app that can run, you know, <laughs> yeah, that can run on containers using Kubernetes, Kubernetes and like, you know, I watch Chef and all, you know, like all these one letter uh, word, uh, you know, systems that always have to kind of slightly remind you of like someone you met, like it's like Jenkins. Do I know somebody called Jenkins? Like, mm. but that is a framework, isn't it? Like, um, you, you're way above me. I'll be honest with you. You're, you're way above, <laughs> you're way above me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, I'm just a layman. The, but so here's my, so the question was, well, here's my question. What was your first computer? Secondly, um, is there a hope for today's modern technology people growing up in technology nowadays? Or do they not, will they not have enough history and kind of backbone or, you know, what, what's going to happen? So it was a tie between the Tandy and the Commodore. Um, okay. So you're pl- plenty old enough then. You're in, the, you're in that age group. You're in the, yeah, I'm, I'm an exennial, um, kind of like end of Gen X, beginning of millennial. Um, I would say no. There is no hope. I think. I think basically, <laughs> like our our kids, whatever generation, whatever you tell it like, how it is, <laughs> whatever generation it is, I think will be basically like the the gen- the the generation where like the internet just kind of became part part of our biological systems. Like you know, um, when they're detached from the internet, I mean, it's literally it's like in the Matrix, like when you you know take the plug out. Um, you know the. the I, I really think that starting with I don't know, maybe probably kids that are older, but definitely like, you know, kids who are now you know, oh, to wow. like be 10 years old, you know, they're, they are going to be completely attached to, to the internet, whatever that is, right? It could be like augmented reality. It could be internet of things. I mean, or it could just be your standard plain TCP IP internet, whatever. That's going to, they're going to need to have it. Um, I don't think that they're going to be able to survive without it. I mm. really don't. It's like air conditioning mm. in Florida. Like, I don't know how people live here in Florida without air conditioning. I just, I, it boggles the mind. It's um, true. And they did it at one time. There's people walking in the face of the earth with like, you know, huts, you know, it's crazy, right? It's, like, not, it's absolutely nuts. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about. But um, now I was, I went on a trip to Egypt last year. I went on a trip to, I was in Saudi Arabia and I was in areas where I was like, man, there were like people that lived here. There was people that lived here with no air conditioning, like no air conditioning. This is crazy. And they actually, and they got, you know, they got shit done too. Like you know, <laughs> started a religion, you know, made, um, you know, in the middle of the desert, um, and still so, took naps every day, midday, you know, I mean, hey, you know. Um, now we have air conditioning, right? You, you just can't live me, without it. <laughs> you just made me um, think of, a, a, I mean, you're really, I, I think you speak almost in movies. 
because uh, you said there's no hope, but there maybe there's going to be like this mass escape in migration, like you're escaping the network, literally like you're yeah. escaping the matrix back to nature. And I think so. It's interesting because I took, when I took the TV away, my kids um, became obsessed with books. I mean, for real, it's a real thing. Like they read books. I didn't read books as a kid. I want, you know, like the Ness came out. I didn't care about that. I'd read Nintendo Power, whatever it was, you know, but I, yeah. was, <laughs> I remember, yeah. You know, I was like obsessed with Mike Tyson's Punch Out and how do I get past, you know, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know, Soda Popinski, whatever it was, you know. Yeah, yeah. My kids are reading books and obviously they have devices, so they're not completely detached. But um, I noticed that. Uh, my son is like, you know, like really into surfing and there's like a unique group of kids that he's like connected with on Instagram and they're all like, they're, and I'm like, well, I'm like, do they talk about like Xbox? Do they talk about PlayStation? He's like, no, I'm right. talking about like when there's no waves, it's like, you know, where are we going mountain biking? I was like, that's hmm. awesome. So there's like another extreme, there's like another extreme nature group, you know, that I don't know, maybe they'll be like, but you know, what's ironic is that there will be tech for that. Like somebody in Boulder right now is starting a company that, <laughs> yeah. creates, that creates tech that stops you from using tech. <laughs> and it's funny that you picked Boulder because I went to CSU and we picked on them a lot for all the stuff. Well, I, mean, I mean, Boulder's an, you know, it's an outdoor place, right? Like you go there, like if you're not, Boulder, if you're not Colorado, a runner, dude. Have you ever, well, yeah. first uh, you're in Miami right now. Have you been to Boulder? Yeah. 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 I love Colorado. I mean, okay. uh, and uh, there's we, that we whole scene. There's that whole downtown scene in Boulder. It's probably even worse now that, like, you know, marijuana has been legalized. I left before marijuana was legalized. It was, you know, one thing back then, but now the scenes have got to be like, you know, I don't know. Someone told me that, like, what one, like, there's just areas that are completely overrun with panhandling now. Anyways, it's a whole yeah. other subject. It's a whole other subject. Um, but anyways, my cousin, but they are trying to they're they are trying to find a way to get away from tech. Um, so it it will be destroyed from the inside. I mean, uh, which you know, pretty much every like uh, sci-fi movie ever, you know, has you know, is like it gets destroyed from the inside, right? There's always somebody who says no, like this is controlling our lives, and it's usually the creator, and they're like, you know, I need to I need to leave the mothership and destroy it, or nothing no, nothing good will come of this. So. Well, to play to play, uh, um, you know, to play on your on your actual. I'm just going to say, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, it's going to come like, it's going to get darker and darker. <laughs> it's, it there's going to be no escape. There's, there's going to be no escape. Well, um, we tend to underestimate negative outcomes. I mean, that's something that, that um, Daniel Kahneman talks about in, in his, in like a, by far my favorite book about economics, which is thinking fast and slow. Um, and one of the things in thinking uh, fast and slow is that we tend to severely underestimate the possibility of negative outcomes. Um, so, and when, they, and when they do happen, like, you know, pandemic, you're like, whoa, that's unprecedented. Like, actually, no, like the earth got hit by an asteroid and everything on it died. It's not unprecedented. It's pretty shitty, but dude, like worse things have happened, man. Negative outcomes are real. You just maybe haven't dealt with them. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and you, or you might have had the privilege of just growing up in this country, period. You right. Know, exactly. I talk, it's, it's one of those. I'm like every again back to the kids, and I hate to you know I don't need to use so many of these, but it's just like you become your parents, and you start saying things that everyone said, and you're like, oh really? So this your life's miserable, huh? Well, I can drop you out of a out of a 
you know, helicopter in the middle of uh, sub-Saharan Africa, or let's say <laughs> we'll drop you down in India, and then uh, you know, let me know in a month how that's going. <laughs> you know, like uh, we'll we'll do an exchange program, okay? We'll swap you out with uh, somebody else, and we'll, we'll see who's happy after a month. Uh, so, um, what's your advice to to people to uh, I guess up and coming uh, IT? Okay, I think that was an example of negative outcomes. There we go. Oh, that's perfect. See, I'm just still talking. We don't even know. I just heard. Yeah, deep. I think it was on. Was it on my side? Now I have to worry about. You know, did I mess something up on my network? You know, because if it's my network, you know that now now my anxiety is rising. But everything looks good. Everything looks. Good. <laughs> Are you? Is it, it your network, network, as in your work from home network, or is it your? No, network? my work network. My work network. Oh, yeah. well, then it's definitely you. No, if it was at home, I, I, I mean, I could care less. I'd be like, you know. <laughs> But if it's at work and I'm like, okay, I got kicked out of my Zoom call at work, I'm thinking, straight. okay. Um, so far, based on what I have, based on what I have taken from things that you have said, you said MPLS and you said SD-WAN. So you should be um, aggregating uh, uh, internet connectivity and Zoom. Yeah. Maybe you lost a connection and Zoom is not one of your applications that's uh, stacked high enough on the, are you, doing, are you doing VeloCloud? Are you doing some kind of equipment, SD-WAN? What are you doing? No, we do. Um, we do an SD WAN uh, managed. It's it's uh, managed by Fujitsu, provided by AT and T on on Silver Peak equipment. I know. Oof, and it, okay. And not to mention, it has a fantastic name, which is SD WAN ass. <laughs> yep. SD WAN uh, as I think a service. I might have mentioned this. No, I didn't. I was talking about yeah. this on the side, and and we won't we won't go too much more into this. But um, when VoIP, you know, VoIP, when VoIP first came out. Uh, I remember this particular company that sold, oh, no, 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 because VoIP, the internet wasn't made for like QoS back in the day. So the first kind of cloud, like voice providers were, you know, could have all kinds of, yeah, yeah, all kinds of jitter and latency issues and choppy calls. And, and, you know, it was all about every time a salesperson went out, it was, you know, oh, no, 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 don't even talk to me about VoIP, you know, so-and-so told me about that. It'll never work. No, get out of here! Like, no, give me my Avaya, my Samsung Toshiba PBX, yeah. analog, you know, whatever, right? And uh, so this one came, company came out, and their their objection killer to that was like, no, 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 we're not VoIP, we're not VoIP, we're VoP, we're VoP, <laughs> we're not voice over IP, we're voice over PI, we're voice, oh, we're voice over sorry. private internet, and that yeah. was just their, um, that was just their like crazy pitch for uh, we're going to charge you for an MPLS tail, aka T1 uh, back to our data center <laughs> where we're hosting uh, our gen band uh, you know, server. Right. So instead of running it, you know, we're actually going to single thread you back to Equinix and every time that T1 goes down, you're going to lose everything and it's still going to be, you know, questionable. Anyhow. And you're going to be happy because we branded it differently. Voice yeah. over PI yeah. or VoP. As the WAN asks, um, that's, that's what we do. That's, that's, that's yeah. This um, is new, man. This is a new one. This is great. Yeah. Um, okay. So the, uh, I could talk with you forever. I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, give me something, give what we need to give back to the listeners out there. Uh, everyone listening, um, you know, other IT managers, other IT directors, I think you said something 
that might have been, uh, you know, how you discover problems or how you break things down or something? Yeah. What would be your biggest, or even what was your biggest jump that helped you jump to the level you're at right now? Was there an aha moment for you uh, at some point in your life? Like I need to, I don't know, care about end users or not treat them like a number or in your case, it would probably be the opposite. It'd probably be the opposite. You'd probably be like, no, all in like end users are idiots and definitely um, manage them to the lowest common denominator. What, is it? That's funny because you could take we could take one of the two approaches. I I, I take more of the humanistic approach, uh, but I I definitely <laughs> smart have man more, more of like <laughs> yeah. End users are just no they're just nodes, and you know make sure that node is you know operational. Um, no, I mean I I think there's a couple there's a couple things that I could take from that question. The first thing is like how how do you solve problems, right? And a lot of times, you know, I tell my team. I, we are the only scientists in this company, right? Our, our company's job is to make apparel um, and we make really good apparel and, and the salespeople sell it well. The marketers, you know, come up with awesome designs um, and the operations people make sure that it gets manufactured and distributed and sold. But we are the only ones that actually have to do science. Um, and, uh, you know, science is different from business. And the thing about science, uh, that you might not expect is that it typically doesn't work out as expected. Right. Um, you know, if you think about, you know, Newton's law of gravity, like for so long, people were like, sure, you know, that works until Einstein was like, no, it actually doesn't. But in very, 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 uh, small scenarios that you probably aren't going to encounter. But by the way, it just doesn't work. It's wrong. So it's kind of the same mm. with IT. Like We're the only scientists in the group, so we need to think differently uh, from, from the rest of the company. We, can't, we are not going to be able to fix problems by just screaming at each other and saying, do it, make it happen. You know, you know, uh, or kind of like the, the pick up the phone, say, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? You know, that that might work uh, in another department where it's all about motivation or you know getting enough people uh, on the floor or getting enough people on the uh, you know in the factory. For us, we have to be scientists, and what that means is we have to follow the scientific method, right? So, um, and I, I kind of take it back, super old school, right, right back to kindergarten. I'm like, look, what is your hypothesis? Um, and so I might be talking to like our you know, our, our head of uh, infrastructure say, what is your hypothesis for why this uh, Cisco network uh, has a j- jitter level that is higher than our SLA? Yeah. We're like, well, here is why I think it's happening. And I'd be like, okay, can you go test out that hypothesis and tell me if it's true or not? And a lot of times, you know, people will be like, what? What do you mean test out the hypothesis? Like, I, you know, I can't, you know, your typical thing, like if you're dealing with like a software consultant, I, there is no way to recreate the issue. We can't recreate it on our local machine. Sorry, like impossible. Are you know, But no, that's what you need to do. You need to figure it out and you need to test it. And by the way, there are ways of testing networks, just like there are ways of testing applications um, or anything else, uh, you know, just, just like you test your, your code, right? Um, so in IT, you need to test like multiple uh, large complex systems that are tied in together, right? Whether it be, you know, your, your VoIP network with your, um, with your applications, with your infrastructure, with your, you know, with your data center, with, uh, with your firewalls, like all that stuff is kind of working together and you need to find where the error is. Um, and you need to have a hypothesis and you need to basically go in and say, can I prove that my hypothesis is correct or not? And if you can't, move on to the next one. Um, and then you kind of come up with, uh, you know, in, 
you you don't really come up with a, a theory uh, that gets you know tested and then becomes like okay this is the the theory of like uh, mm-hmm. d- when the database dies and the and the backup t- tends to be up and the Cisco phone had nothing to do with it, um, mm. but you do come up you do come up with experience and then just like with the local host situation it's like the hypothesis was there's something on the network calling itself local host it was improbable but it turned out to be true so now we <laughs> That's have crazy the so now we know that right. So, and that's, that's what I tell my team. It's like, uh, you know, if it's two in the morning and you're, you're trying to get a system back up or, or it's just a normal, you know, project that you're not sure why it's not working, sort of like, at, you think of it like a scientist, like think you're, think like you're in a lab and, you know, or, or for people who are like really into like, uh, kind of messing around with the equipment and the switches mm-hmm. and, and the routers and stuff like, imagine you're right there, like with the equipment and you're trying to figure out which one of these plugs is it? Like where you're like, you know, you're, you're tracing that line through the, through the data center, you know, you're in your element, but maybe you're, you're not, you're in your, you're in your seat, you're in an office, but think about it that way and start eliminating, you know, one thing after another, um, and be scientific about it. And if you don't have data, then I don't want to hear it. Right. Like it's fine if non IT people come to me with non database complaints, right? Like, the, the CEO can come to me and say, this isn't working and it's a subjective point of view. If it doesn't work for him, I'm not doing my job. But it's not okay if if my you know security person comes to me and says, I think we're not secure. Like, show me the data. Yeah, you know, yeah. where, where is the data? Love it. Um, um, I would love to have you back on the show to talk just about team management in general, to be honest with you. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things, but I'd love to just hear your philosophy on on how you manage a team. You know how you drive that. I uh, guess there's more. Yeah, no, I, it, that it's I didn't great. get to. Uh, I think it, it it gets me excited. It's something that um you know I I think that over the years uh I've definitely changed the way that mm-hmm. uh, that I interact with my team. Mm-hmm. Um, I it, it's definitely become more. Um, it's definitely become more sort of a, a of a. a kind of consensus-based decision-making. Um, at the beginning, when I first... Like, the, the first time that I got a position where somebody was reporting to me, I think I was, I was like, 23, um, and I was working on this large uh, project uh, for, for the Department of Defense. Um, and I was, a, I was a consultant with Deloitte, and they assigned a bunch of other consultants from different companies to me. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, I, I thought to myself, like... I need to show that I always know that I always have the answer. Right. Mm. So that was sort of, I thought like to be a team lead means, you know, more than the other people. Mm. Um, and mm. I learned pretty quickly because I was way younger than the people who were reporting to me and if they weren't even on the company. So they had no problem telling me like, dude, it's not about you knowing more. You need to tell me what to do. And I'm like, uh, what do you mean? I didn't what to uh, do. Like that uh. isn't it. Like IT is I go in, I download a file, I do a pivot table, I like do some weird shit, and then I give it to someone else. They're like, no, 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 no. Like I need to do a I need to know what my priorities are. And I'm like, whoa, like something like the world has changed. Like there's there's like a different, there's a different like there's a quantum fluctuation that has changed everything. What did I get myself into? Um, so. <laughs> it's not about knowing anything. It's about ordering people around. I uh, love it. 
Love it. Yeah. Or helping them to find their own path. Right. I, I understand. That's, I understand. I just like, you know, I like to put it in this, I like to, you know, yeah. it, the Michael Scott terms, you know, I, I manage it. This is called management by walking around, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, best boss cup, right. <laughs> thank you so much uh, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah. been absolutely my pleasure. We can do it. We could do it every, uh, you know, every Tuesday at the same time. No problem.